بسم الله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فهو المهتد ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسول اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما اللهم إنا نعوذ أعوذ بك من علم لا ينفع اللهم يا معلم إبراهيم علمنا ويا مفهم سليمان فهمنا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الله أحد الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد سورة الإخلاص it is a Meccan surah and it is for ayat. And it is called Surah Al-Ikhlas because it is dedicated in making clear the tawheed of knowing. At-tawheed al-ilmi. And Surah Al-Kafirun we mentioned before, it is also called Surah Al-Ikhlas because it is dedicated in making clear the tawheed of actions. At-tawheed al-amali. So we have two types of tawheed here. And remember these classifications of tawheed, you can match them all together. So there's tawheed al-ilmi and at-tawheed al-amali. For the tawheed of knowing, the tawheed al-ilmi or the theoretical tawheed if you want. Under this falls tawheed al-rububiyya and tawheed al-asma the Tawheed of Lordship and the Tawheed of the names and attributes and the Tawheed Al-Amali or the Tawheed of Actions or the Practical Tawheed under this falls Tawheed Al-Uluhiyya for Surah Al-Ikhlas it makes clear and outlines what Al-Tawheed Al-Ilmi is which is the Tawheed of Knowing and it was also called Surah Al-Ikhlas because it is Khalisa it is pure it is clear in describing Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and it is also called Surah Al-Ikhlas because the one who recites it and the one who understands it and the one who implements it they are dedicating their tawheed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they have ikhlas in their tawheed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the sabab and nuzul of this surah yani the reason for its revelation that the mushrikun the polytheists they asked the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he came with the message of tawheed they said to him sif lana rabbak describe for us your lord for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he sent down this surah and similarly anyone who is asked this question from amongst the muslimin describe Allah who is Allah tell us about Allah even the young children all they need to do is to recite and to understand this surah because it tells us all about our creator Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and from the virtues of the surah from the virtues of surah al-ikhlas is that reciting it is equivalent to reciting a third of the Quran as the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said from the hadith of Abu darda radiyallahu anhu an Abi darda الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أيعجز أحدكم أن يقرأ في ليلة ثلث القرآن قال وكيف يقرأ ثلث القرآن قال قل هو الله أحد يعدل ثلث القرآن رواه مسلم أبو الدرداء رضي الله عنه he reported that the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he asked is any of you incapable of reciting a third of the Quran in a night on being asked how they could recite a third of the Quran he replied قل هو Allahu Ahad is equivalent to a third of the Quran. Ahad is equivalent to a third of the Quran. Allahu Akbar. This short surah, this short surah is 
equivalent to a third. So if you read it three times, it's as if you have recited the entire Quran. For although it is equivalent to it in reward, this is where the equivalence is, although it is equivalent to it in reward, it does not replace it in certain situations. For مثلاً, in your salah, if you were to recite Qulhu Allahu Ahad three times, it does not replace the need for you to recite Surah Al-Fatiha. And also from its virtues is that the Prophet wasallam he would recite it in the second rak'ah, in the Sunnah of Fajr. Remember when we took Surah Al-Kafirun, he would recite Surah Al-Kafirun in the first rak'ah. He would recite Qul Allahu Ahad in the second rak'ah, in the Sunnah of Fajr, and in the Sunnah of Maghrib, and in the rak'ah of Tawaf. After he makes the Tawaf seven times and the two rak'ah that you must pray, he would recite Qul Ya Ayyuhal Kafirun and Qul Allahu Ahad in the second rak'ah and he would also recite it in his witr. When he would pray al-witr, the last rak'ah of his witr, he would recite Qul Allahu Ahad. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الله أحد فالله سبحانه وتعالى he says قل هو الله أحد say he is Allah الأحد the one when Allah سبحانه وتعالى he says قل this is an order and the order is definitely for the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم in response to the mushrikun when they said to him صف لنا ربك so the response came down saying قل say he is Allah the one. And it is also applicable this order to his ummah as well. For he said sometimes the Prophet ﷺ when he is addressed in the Quran, the address is specifically for him. And sometimes he is addressed and the address is also for his ummah. In this case, it is also for his ummah. For it's applicable to his ummah. If anyone were to be asked this question, describe for us Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, tell us about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you can say, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدَ اللَّهُ الصَّمَدْ لَمْ يَلِدْ وَلَمْ يُولَدْ وَلَمْ يَكُنْ لَهُ كُفْوًا أَحَدْ قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one. He is Al-Ahad, the one. And this is evidence that Allah's names, they all return to his name Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not the other way around. So we say Allah is Al-Ahad. قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدُ Allah is Al-Ahad. Allah is Al-Samad, as we'll come to see in the next ayah. Allah هُوَ الرَّحْمَانُ Allah هُوَ الرَّحِيمُ We don't go the other way around. We cannot say Al-Samad هُوَ Allah, Al-Ahad هُوَ Allah. All his names, they return to his name Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Al-Ahad is one of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yana, the general meaning of it in English is the one or the indivisible. For he is one subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has no partner or equal in his rububiyyah, in his lordship, in his uluhiyyah, in his worship, and in his asma and sifat, his names and attributes. For he is unparalleled in his greatness, in his azama, and he is unparalleled in his splendor, his jalal subhanahu wa ta'ala. And his name Al-Ahad is mentioned only once in the Quran, in Surah Al-Ikhlas. But his name, Al-Wahid, is mentioned many times in the Quran. And some scholars are of the opinion that both names, they return to the same meaning. Al-Ahad and Al-Wahid, they said, are the same thing, essentially. And others, they said, no, there's a difference between them. They said, Al-Ahad, as it is used in the Quran, it establishes the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his that and in his sifat, in his essence and his attributes, as this surah is doing. And then they said Al-Wahid is used in the Quran to negate the existence of more than one deity besides Allah and to establish that Allah alone is the one true deity who is worthy of being worshipped subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in Surah Al-Nahl, وَقَالَ اللَّهُ لَا تَتَّخِذُوا إِلَهَيْنِ اثْنَيْنِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Do not take two aliha, two objects of worship, two deities. Rather it is one 
ilah. It is one ilah meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-ahad. He is one. He is unique in his essence. Fi zatihi. Nothing resembles him. And he is one and unique. Fi sifatihi. In his attributes. Nothing equals him. And he is one and unique. Fi af'alihi. In his actions. Nothing rivals him. And he is one and unique. Fi uluhiyatihi. In his divinity. No worship is directed to other than him subhanahu wa ta'ala. قل هو الله أحد الله الصمد الله الصمد الله is الصمد and this is continuing the description of Allah سبحانه وتعالى for Allah is الصمد يعني the name الصمد returns to Allah سبحانه وتعالى and the most comprehensive definition of what الصمد means أنه الكامل في صفاته الذي افتقرت إليه جميع مخلوقاته that the most comprehensive definition of what الصمد means is that he is complete and unique in his attributes all the creation is dependent on him and as Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma he said that he is complete he is perfect in his ilm in his knowledge and he is perfect and he is complete in his forbearance in his hilm and he is perfect and he is complete in his izzah in his glory and he is perfect and complete in his qudra in his power and all of this perfection it necessitates that the creation tasmadu ilayh that they turn to him for their needs for only he can fulfill them because he is the perfect and he is the complete only he can fulfill the needs of his creation. Yani all of the creation are dependent on him for their needs and he is not dependent on any of his creation, subhanahu wa ta'ala. For this is why the most comprehensive definition combines between these two meanings. It combines between the meaning of perfection and the meaning of all the creation are in need of him and they return to him for their needs. Allahu Samad Lam Yalid Walam Yulad Lam Yalid Walam Yulad He neither begets nor is he born. He neither begets, he is neither a parent nor is he born. But from his Ahadiyya, from his oneness and from his Samadiyya his perfection. He is neither a parent nor was he a child because it does not befit his majesty subhanahu wa ta'ala. For this is how we link this ayah to the previous two Lam Yalid wa Lam Yulad because he is Al-Ahad and because he is As-Samad because he is one and because he is perfect he is neither a parent nor was he a child subhanahu wa ta'ala because it does not befit his majesty. For it negates the origin and it negates the division. For Al-Aslu al farah Al-Asl is that he was ever a parent and Al-Fara, the division, is that he was ever a child for he negates both of them. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Lam Yalid, Lam Yalid he neither begets, yani he was neither a parent because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no equal and the child is derived from their parents. They come from their parents. For how can Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have any children when he is one and he is unique? As the Prophet wasallam said, proving that the child is from the parent, he said about Fatima radiallahu anha, he said, Innaha bad'atun minni, she is a part of me. Man adaha adhani, whoever harms her, in fact harms me as well because she is a part of me and also Lam Yalid that he was never a parent is because parents they have a dependency on their children for they may need them to help them with the hardships of this dunya and they may need them as a means of continuing their lineage and their progeny for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is far removed from having these dependencies because he is al-ghani subhanahu wa ta'ala he is the sufficient he does not need his creations for he does not need a child he does not need a child like a human being would need a child for he is far removed from this subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also specifically mentions 
that he is far removed from having or needing a child as he subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator who has no equals or he has no partners. For as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-An'am ayah number 101 أَنَّا يَكُونُ لَهُ وَلَدٌ وَلَمْ تَكُنْ لَهُ صَاحِبَةٌ وَخَلَقَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ How could he have a child when he has no companion? Yani he has no wife and he created all things. He is the creator subhanahu wa ta'ala. For to have a child requires a wife. It requires a dependency on a wife to give birth to them. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is far removed from this and he is the creator. For if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator, then everything else is the creation. And the creator and the creation are separate from one another. And this lam yalid, it refutes three misguided groups, three misguided sects, three misguided religions. For it refutes the Yahud and it refutes the Nasara and it refutes the Mushrikun. It refutes the Yahud, the Jews, because they said, Uzairun ibn Allah. They said that Uzair is the son of Allah. And it refutes the Nasara because they said, Isa ibn Allah. They said, Isa is the son of Allah. Ta'ala amma yaqulun. And it also refutes the Mushrikun because they said that the Malaika are banatullah. They said that the angels are the daughters of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wal-iyadhu billah. For it refutes the Yahud and the Nasara and the Mushrikun. This lam yalid, it refutes all three of them. Lam yalid. ولم يولد ولم يولد he was not born because he سبحانه وتعالى he is الأول from the names of Allah is that he is الأول الأول الذي ليس قبله شيء Allah سبحانه وتعالى is the first there was nothing before him سبحانه وتعالى so how can he be born how can he have been a child والعياذ بالله لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد النن is comparable to him سبحانه وتعالى ولم يكن له كفوا أحد and the key word in this ayah is al-kufu al-kufu which is an equal or an equivalent partner that he can be compared to subhanahu wa ta'ala for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no equal and he has no equivalent partner which he can be compared to subhanahu wa ta'ala walam yakun lahu kufuan ahad and this ahad is not like the first ahad for this ahad is referring to any individual you call someone ahad is referring to an individual yani any one of his creation there is no individual there is no one of his creation who is equal or comparable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he alone is al-ahad but don't get confused with this ahad and the first ahad for the first ahad is referring to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this ahad is referring that no individual no individual is equal or comparable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he doesn't have a kufu he doesn't have an equal in his rububiyyah in his lordship that no one creates and no one sustains and no one has full sovereignty this is all included in the rububiyyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he he has no kufu in his uluhiyyah that no one is deserving of worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he has no kufu in his asma and his sifat no one is equal in his names and his attributes no one can be called with the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and no one has the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they are separate from one another al-khaliq wal-makhluq for when Allah subhanahu سبحانه وتعالى he says لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد الله سبحانه وتعالى in ayahs 3 and 4 Allah negates 3 things he negates that he is or was a parent and he negates that he was ever a child and he negates that he has an equal and we always mention that when we negate something from Allah سبحانه وتعالى we must establish the completion of its opposite كمال الضد فwhen we say لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد 
had, it establishes the completion of his ahadiyya, of his oneness. And it establishes the completion of his samadiyya, his perfection. And it establishes the perfection of his ghina, his sufficiency. For because he subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-ahad and the perfection of his ahadiyya, he is not a parent and was not a child and has no equal. And because of the perfection of his samadiyya, because he is a samad and the perfection of his samadiyya, he is not a parent and was not a child and has no equal. And because of the perfection of his ghina, of his sufficiency, he is not a parent and he was not a child and he has no equal. For this is a very important principle that when we, we subhanallah, when we negate something of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is not sufficient to negate we must also establish the perfection of the opposite as well and similar to this مثلاً, is لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم we are negating that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is overcome by slumber or sleep that this goes to show the perfection of his hayat the perfection of his life subhanahu wa ta'ala that he is not in need of sleep or, or in need of slumber بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الله أحد الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك وجزاكم الله خيرا